What is going on, everyone? Welcome to a new episode of Orange Slice, because we are your hosts, Heath Pierce, Mark McKenzie. And uh, I got to say, Mark, you know, you, you got this different energy to you when we're playing. Things are going good. I know the weather's getting better out where you are right now. We've got one of your homies on as, as a guest this week. You uh, caused some uh, controversy over the weekend, um, which you may or may not take the blame for. So we'll talk a little bit about that. But first, how you doing, man? No, I'm good, man. I'm good. And uh, yeah, look, it's always nice to be back playing, man. You know, it's uh, there's a nice vibe that comes with it. But again, staying level-headed, baby. You know, can't get too mm -hmm. high, too low. So yeah, it's good to be back on the field, though, doing what you love to do. Also, the weather is a big, big factor. You know, when the sunshine mm -hmm. is out, you know, and unfortunately, I don't have the, the luxury like you do out on the West Coast, you know. So, so when you get the sun, you got to make sure you absorb as much of it as possible. It's good for the soul, the mind, everything, you know. So, uh, yeah, and thirdly, yeah, I, did, I probably did start a little brawl this weekend. You know, no problem. Uh, it's, it's what I do. I like to start a pot what, a so, bit. so what happened? What happened? Like Now, to be honest with you, I didn't even do anything. I just, I just completely slipped when I was going for a clearance. And I think... The, the the players they thought I, I took out their their teammate I think the number nine boozes they thought I uh, yeah I studded them you know both my feet when I slipped and it was quite the contrary man you know I hit I think my hand hit his cleat or something like that or his shin and uh, yeah after that I looked up I stood up helped the guy up you know I'm a good guy um, you know I also didn't want a card or anything and I turned around and their captain's getting the red card uh, so yeah. And then when, what, what point it, of the game was that? Was that the end? This was no, this was the beginning. It's probably like Ooh. 20 something, 20 minutes, you know, somewhere okay. around there. Uh, but yeah, I looked up, man, and, and the, the, the captain got a red card. And then I hear the, the fans cheering, you know, you know, sarcastically, of course. And then I look this at the home coach, game. Coach, yeah, this is in, this yeah. is a way for us home and forget. And mm -hmm. then the coach is, is lipping off to the, to the ref and he gives him a yellow first. And then the coach is still going. He's still going, and I, I can tell this, the referee is feeling a little sensitive. You know, he's feeling, mm -hmm. you know, something must have happened. And he gives him a second yellow. So two red cards in, in, in one minute and a half. And, yeah, then we have quite the, quite the match. So, yeah, I guess you could say I did. I did start a little uh, controversy. Yeah. You just tried to walk yourself out of that in the beginning. And now it sounds like you caused the, literally the entire thing. So maybe you're not going to take blame for it, but you were definitely uh, – we take this to a courtroom. You're gonna be a. Uh, you're gonna be on 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 the stand. You know, like you're not gonna be. You know, uh, completely uh, absolved of all this, though it may be accidental fault. But uh, you guys got the result. Big win. That's what matters. Three points. You know, scored in the ninety second minute, something like that. Ninety yeah. ninety third minute. So yeah, big 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 win. Good start to the playoffs. So now we got a home match on Friday night. So yeah, looking forward to that, man. It's it's crazy to see. Gank and Ghent both <laughs> in this playoff zone. Trust, you know, trust. Uh, I know. Which is the wild, same colors. It, I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. And, but, but to play, not be in the Champions League one um, is, is bizarre uh, for, for the quality of, of the clubs, but obviously makes for a great match like, like you guys just had. Um, but shifting our focus over to our, to today's guest, pretty, uh, pretty awesome dude. Pretty awesome dude. Claims oh, to be your guy. mentor, by the way. All right. All right. We're not going to give him too much credit now. And I think we probably boost him a bit too much, you know. But mm -hmm. yeah, look, Kel's a great guy, man. He's a cool guy. You know, fashionista, uh, you know, two-footed, <laughs> I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say I, I, I'll give him two-footed. You know, he can he can share a whip a ball in with both feet. So uh, yeah, man, I, I, enjoy, uh, I enjoy, you know, linking with Kel. 
you know, because then he can also brag about his watch collections. We'll, we'll, we'll tap into that later. Yeah. So listen, I don't want to give it all away. This is the great conversation. So here is our chat with Kellen Acosta. All right, now let's welcome in our next guest, uh, a saucy midfielder to say the least. Started out at FC Dallas, played a little bit of time at Colorado and is now at LAFC. And MLS has got over 50 caps well, with the 2022 World Cup bound U.S. Men's National Team. Uh, he's currently ranked number one in the CONCACAF uh, and talking crap, of course. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mr. GQ himself, my guy, Kellen, what's going on, baby? Oh, what's up? What's up, man? That was that was a lot, but I appreciate those kind words. <laughs> no, nah, man, I gotta look out. You know, I gotta boost my guys. He says I don't give him enough enough props these to, days. So I, I'm I'm trying to go back and load this goal that he just had over the weekend. Bangers only. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, I don't you, score you many. Not, I don't right. score many. Nah, this guy Kel, he he says when he scores, bro, he makes sure he do it big. Mm. Yeah, try my best at least. <laughs> How are you liking life in L.A., man? Nah, it's been great. It's been great. I can't complain. The weather's nice. The people are cool. Plenty of stuff to do. Um, the team has been been rolling. So, I mean, it's, everything's been positive. I've been, I've been enjoying it. What's it been like, I guess, to, to talk a little bit uh, of the team? Uh, obviously, I played most of my, my national team careers with Steve Cherundolo, me as a left back, him as a right back. And I learned a lot from him. We were both in Germany at the same time and, and all of that. What's it been like playing... For him as just like a coach, because I, I don't know him as that. You know, I know him as something completely right. different. Right. Yeah. No, it's been great. I mean, Steve's uh um no, he's a great coach. And it, it's funny because you you take him as a super laid back guy, super chill, relaxed. And there's been some games where he's really cut into us. And I was like, <laughs> I didn't know he had that switch. I mean, that's that's that coach's mentality, that winning mentality. But I mean, I've been learning a lot from him, a guy that's played at the highest level, played in World Cups, played in Germany most of his life. So uh, I think he knows a thing or two about football, but uh, no, nah, it's been he's been he's been exceptional. The, the team has been buying into his system, and we've been implementing that and getting uh, great results thus far. So hopefully we can just continue on that on that foot and you know keep getting uh, um, positive results and keep moving forward. How was it like transitioning that. to? Hey, how was it transitioning into the group though? Because like you you were in Colorado for some time, you you make those relationships, build those connections, uh, those connections. And now you come into LA, an LA team, you know, with yeah a good amount of internationals as well. But but you also got guys like uh, uh, with Hollingshead is there, correct? Yeah, right, right, yeah, there. got, got like familiar with. Yeah, yeah. So how was it? How was it? You know, getting getting adapted to to the style of play and to the group in, in general. Yeah, I mean, you would think you know joining a, a new team would be you know pretty difficult to to transition. But I mean, credit to my teammates and the coaching staff of just welcoming me in, kind of helping me make the, the the transition pretty seamless obviously you know on the field it takes some time to develop relationships and know people's tendencies but i feel like as we continue training and playing games i'm getting more and more um comfortable and adjusted to everyone around me and um yeah i mean obviously you know you want to hit the ground running right away but sometimes it's not the case but uh i feel like you know i know the group of guys are they're definitely great you know, some quality players and you know i'm finding my way within the team and um, it's been a process, but I think uh, it's moving in the right direction. I uh, I did a LAFC game this year where you, the one where you played uh, right back. Um, yeah. Do you like do you like yeah. do you like that position, Mark? And do you think Mark that you could you could uh, put in a put in a shift in any other positions? Yeah, I mean, 
right back in and left back position that I mean I'm I'm not too unfamiliar with the position that I, I played on numerous accounts. Um, you know, for me, I just want to be on the field regardless. Um, I mean, that game we had some some injuries uh, that you know caused me to play there, but normally I'm playing in the midfield. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't mind it. I just you know want to contribute whichever way possible and help the team. And uh, if I got to play right back, center back, goalkeeper, I mean, I'll, I'll do that. Now you got hands like that. I mean, yeah. If coach wants to put me out there, I put my best foot forward and get it done. You know, we can get the, we can get the result. Did you play? Uh, this, did you play this? other sport? Like you got good hand eye coordination or what? Like, or are you one of those guys now from this new generation where you know national team little light warm up, someone tosses a football out, and then we see you throw it, and you go, "Oh my gosh, that guy's never played anything but soccer his whole life." Nah, come on. I'm from Texas, man. Texas is 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 American football country, so I grew up playing football. Uh, American football, got to clarify a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, American football, I played basketball, I ran track, I played numerous sports. So, I mean, I, I was I was born into an athletic family and and um, I think my hand-eye coordination is, is decent. I'm lefty. So, uh, you know, I, I, yeah. I want to say I'm more of like a, I'm not like a, like a Tom Brady in precision, but I'm more of like a Michael Vick, very elusive, but I, I can I can throw a ball a little bit. Mm. Yeah, I'd probably mm. say I'm more Lamar Jackson, you know what I'm saying? Um, oh man, now you're boosting yourself. You see, <laughs> <laughs> but nah. Oh, to go man. back though, this man Kellen, bro. I think he sometimes forget what foot he is. Low key, low key. Let's <laughs> see this man. You see, if you see these shooting videos, this man shoot the ball with his left foot, and it's low key better than his right foot. So yeah, it's it's surprising. I sometimes I just do things better with my left foot than my right foot, but I, it just kind of just happens. Whatever, like. Like the goal I scored this this past weekend, the ball popped to the left foot. You know, it's one of those things where we're connected well with it and, and buried it. I mean, sometimes it just happens. But since I was a little kid, I mean, I've, I've always been um, uh, decent with both feet. I like that, Mark. You sh- you're jumping around the question though. Could you play in any other positions, or are you oh, just like 100%. one of those like big, big like burly center backs? That that's it. Like where you go, like well, no, 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 no. I think. Now having a German I know you coach, don't have the pace. you don't have the pace, you know. So I don't know if you could be oh, this guy. Man. You see this guy. You see this guy. This guy is jokes, bro. All he wants to do is talk about how he's he's faster than me, bro. I can play. Sure. Is he though? If you That's need a real to. question. Yeah. I mean, is now he? no, like I can't. Kel, even... Don't fall into this, Kel, Don't even. I'm just asking the question. I mean, I mean, I feel like you're deflecting a little bit. It was either it's either yes or no. Yes. All right. First of all, I'm faster than Heath. Now, secondly, I yes. can play other positions. All right, I could play. I could play right back. That's all I wanted to hear. That's it. Yeah, I could play. <laughs> right. I, could, I could even play. You know, a bruising six if you want me to look. I, a I'll bruising six. Okay. Wearing. Yeah, man. Come on, man. You know, Kelly, could you imagine <laughs> this guy <laughs> looking over his shoulder all the time? I don't. I don't see it. Man. I don't <laughs> see hey, it. Hey, look. He I'm seems not, pretty look, confident. Not, Might as well throw him out there. Yeah. Listen, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, I don't need to do all this, you know, this this turning Maradona stuff, you know, connect through me. I play one side to the other. Oh, when man. It's oh, simple, man. simple. Okay. Yeah. It's easy, yeah. bro. You're making it sound like playing as a midfielder is easy. That's what it, you, you seem like it's black and white. It's pure, you know, get the ball, pass it off, win some tackles. I mean, I feel like it's more complex than that. Listen, man, <laughs> you guys like to make this game more complicated than it got to be, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. there it is. <laughs> There it is. The center back's coming out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I will say though that when I was uh, when I was at the Red Bulls, uh, I got thrown into the six. We played away at Chicago, and the uh, this guy Franco Panizzo. I don't know if you guys he's ever written about you guys, but I think he writes for like 
like a few different like whatever publications in the US. He wrote this yeah, thing Frank, like, SBI lost. or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He he wrote this article that was basically like Keith was the worst player ever and the team lost. And that was like but he did it in like a way a writer would in like 10 words where it was just basically like we lost because of me and I was the worst <laughs> six he had ever seen essentially is what he would the way he put it. It was bad, man. I I, I didn't talk like it, apparently it was like his first lesson and like, oh, you can't go after somebody like that and then think they're going to come talk to you a few days later. Because uh, like, I, you know, I, I didn't talk to him again for a long time after that. But yeah, to, to put it lightly, I definitely didn't have a good game. And uh, the <laughs> position is a lot harder than uh, maybe I was trying to give it credit for at that point. <laughs> look, especially well, I'm glad you understand. Coming from CB, all right, look, I've done it. I've done it in training before. Okay, I played in the middle in training. It's not easy, okay? And it's not as simple as it as I make hey, it sound. You know what? Hey, Kellen, I bet you, you you know when you got you know when you get that that center back's trying to be active and you're playing a possession game and he steps into the middle and he's trying to like connect all the Absolutely. dots and like overrunning and all that. That's how I could see yeah. Mark like three, four for minutes, sure. you know, when you see him bomb up the field, try combination play, and then they go like Antonio Rudiger for a few minutes, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly that. Listen, man, sometimes it gets a little boy. <laughs> You got to get in on the action sometimes. Y'all be having all the fun. Y'all be getting all the touches, you know, and everybody gets to ping these diagonal passes. Sometimes, look, we just want to have some fun too, you know? You got to do, do what you got to do. No, I definitely feel that. Feel that. Hey, let's, let's, uh, let's move to uh, the national team uh, conversation a little bit. Uh, let's talk about, you know, qualifying uh, for you, what this experience was like, this, 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 this round of, of, of World Cup qualifying. Sort of what's been the process for you or the experience for you from the, from the beginning to the end, obviously somebody who's played some of the most games for the national team over the last couple of years after a break of not being in the national team, kind of what's that been like for you kind of this comeback and, and now to see the team eventually realize uh, this, this qualification for the world cup. Yeah. I mean, I'll start from the beginning. Yeah. I mean, having the two year absence was, was definitely difficult for me. I mean, I was disappointed. I was upset. I was frustrated. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, after reflecting, it kind of helps me be in the position where I am at now. It kind of gave me, um, a sense of, uh, you know, I had it like a, like a start over kind of helps me, you know, kind of focus on the things that I can control, which is, you know, my attitude, my work ethic, um, you know, the little details in the game that sometimes as, as a, as a footballer, you kind of don't pay attention to, you kind of overlook it. So I think that. You know, it kind of gave me a base on why I didn't start from zero. And I just, you know, put my head down and worked and got an opportunity back in the fold. And, um, it, you know, had some, you know, good performances and got the trust of Greg and the coaching staff and continue on that and going through, you know, qualifiers. I mean, qualifiers was just a dogfight. I mean, seven months of just, you know, brutal games from, you know, travel to, to each game brought its own challenges and obstacles. And it wasn't easy wasn't easy i mean the teams that we played i mean they were tough teams and gave us hard games and um i mean when it was all over it was just like a sense of just relief especially after not qualifying for, um you know last go around and you know and finding ourselves how hard it was in each and every game I mean, once we play that costa rica game just like finally finally sense of accomplishment sense of you know relief you know we're, we're proud of know everyone you know played a pivotal role in, in getting it done um but uh yeah just moving forward i mean you know that that seven months helped us grow as a team helped us grow as players helped us mature in that sense and uh you know we've got another crucial six months ahead of us to, to prepare and get ready for the world cup 
Bro, when I tell you this guy, Kellen, has been playing nonstop since I saw him last in, I think it was May, June. You went from that Nations League camp to Gold Cup to then qualification all the way through to, to now, bro. You, My guy broke yeah, 50. He's, he's past 50. He's past 50, you know, like <laughs> in caps. Yeah, it was nuts. It was nuts. Yeah, I mean, like when, when people say you got 50 caps, I mean, I don't even think about it. I just think about it. It's like it's another game for me. Um, you know, it's looking back last year, I mean, you know, a lot of people had a, a decent off season. I think I only had like a week and a half. And so just bouncing back and forth from national team to, to club ball, I mean, it, it's challenging. A lot of travel, a lot of kind of an emotional roller coaster, the highs and lows, you know, gearing up for a high intense game to, you know, friendlies to training camps to preseason to to club ball. I mean, it's 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 difficult being an athlete, but uh, sometimes you, you got to find a balance. But I love what I do. Um, and you know, no complaints or regrets. I mean, it is what it is. It's, it's a roller coaster, but you just got to just manage all of it. Hmm. I like that. You know, some real, uh, some real life that, you, that you're going through with all that. Were you, I mean, getting back into the national team, did you feel like you had something to prove? Did you have a chip on your shoulder with that? Obviously you went through like the coaching changes with the national team, finally getting in Greg Berhalter and then being a key part of that. But also being a part as a versatile player, um, what did you have that chip on your shoulder, or was it like, oh, I finally got to call up again? I got to make the most of this. No, it was more of you know I got to call up again and make the most of it. I think my first camp back was like a December camp, and to be honest, like for a guy like myself that's had numerous caps, and it was another camp for me, and it was we had just a friendly game. I was really uncomfortable because having that absence, I felt like you know it was my first camp. And so for me, I was like just paying attention to little details, trying to just be really focused on trying to, you know, absorb all the information given to me and just trying to execute it as precise as possible. For me, it was just one of those camps where I'm like, man, like this, this is, this is tough for me. I wasn't, it, I wasn't comfortable. Um, it didn't take me till like another few camps later that I was like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm back here, back in the fold. But to answer your question, I mean, I didn't necessarily have a chip on my shoulder. I was like, I'm happy to be here. Now it's time to just make the most of my opportunity because obviously, you know, Greg and the coaching staff have been watching. So there's a reason why he's taking another look at me. But now it's just kind of just ease my nerves as much as possible and, you know, try to, you know, bring out my qualities into the group and, you know, and help grow from there. Uh, I want to I want to kind of touch on our, our experiences, you know, between the Nations League final against Mexico and then this last window uh, in March when you guys went to Azteca. Have you, did you, have you played in Azteca before? You played before? Yeah, Azteca? last qualifiers. Yeah, yeah last the qualifiers. last round. How was the, the, the experience different? Because I don't think a lot of people realize the environment and how that plays a role in, yeah, the feeling of the game. You know, we talk about the Nations League final and how it's a home game for us. You know, we're playing on home territory, but away game. it feels like, you're, yeah, you yeah. play a, a home away game in essence, you know? And then yeah, you turn around, you yeah. go to Azteca, and it's like this this new experience. You know, can, can you touch on that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, just to, just to clarify, I mean, each game that we play against Mexico is it's it's its own game, and whatever game happened before doesn't matter. Um, and it's always a new challenge, a new obstacle. But I mean, obviously, Nations League was uh, I mean, it was a tough game, a game that you know had a little bit of everything from you know a bunch of goals to PK calls to 
to VAR to, you know, uh, fans throwing stuff on the field to the chippiness. I mean, a little bit of everything. But when you go to Mexico and Azteca, like you like you mentioned before, it's it's different, <clears throat> way different. For, for starters, I mean, you're playing on uh, a way soil and a prestigious uh, venue as Azteca. Um, you know, it holds a hundred thousand plus. You got, you know, crazy fans, fans that are passionate and, and that love their team. Um, you got altitude which is that altitude is even higher than Colorado, which I, I mean, you played in Colorado, Colorado's not easy, but then you go to Mexico with the, the smog and, and the fans and uh, altitude and against a, a, a very um, aggressive and fast paced team in Mexico. I mean, it, it's, it's hard. It's hard. I mean, there's a reason why that, you know, us uh, as, a, as a national team, we, we, we've struggled away. I mean, it's, it's not an easy venue. And, um, yeah, I mean, hopefully, you know, and, I mean, I don't know the next time we'll play in Azteca, but, um, you know, next go around, we'll be more ready, more up for the challenge. But, um, yeah, it's a, it's a very difficult game. I mean, credit to, to Mexico and, and their fans and, and, and everything because they make it super, super challenging for us. Hey, so you're, you're what, 25, 26 now? 26. With uh, 2026 on the horizon, is that is that sort of on your mind at all, do, or do you feel like 22 is what you got to focus on? I mean, it's obviously got to be on your mind on some level, but knowing you're 26, you'll be 30 probably come 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 2026 World Cup. Have you thought about that at all, and what 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 that just means for for soccer in the U.S.? No, not necessarily. I mean, I was more so you know just gearing up for this next six months because it's gonna be it's gonna be challenging as well, just getting ready and. I mean, as a, as a, you know, as a player, this is a childhood dream to represent your country at the highest level in the, in the, in the best tournament in the world. <laughs> um, and so I'm more excited just to get through, you know, this year and, and compete and hopefully be part of that team that, that, that goes to Qatar. And then I guess, I mean, looking up, you know, on to 2026, I mean, it, it's huge. It's on home soil. Like you said, I mean, I, I mean, I'm going to be a little bit older, 30 years old, but I'm I'm hoping that, you know, I can play a role in that World Cup as well. But I mean, for me, I just kind of just take it, you know, day by day. And I can't look in too much into the future because once you do that, you kind of overlook and you won't be present for the now. And so me, I'm just, you know, trying to just make the most of this year and just, you know, like I said, take it day by day, get through this World Cup, hopefully have a... Um, uh, a lasting impression, perform well, and represent my country well, and we'll see how uh, twenty twenty six looks. So, all right, bro. What was because I remember specifically my favorite. I talked about it before uh, on, on other episodes, but my favorite, some of my favorite experiences from this World Cup qualification process, being one the El Salvador game. You know, because of just that that environment. You know, and coming out onto the field and. The stadium already being packed in warm ups, you know, saying you're running right. to the sideline, you know, doing the warm up. Yeah. You got fans already trying to throw stuff at you. You got fireworks going off outside the stadium, all this stuff popping off. You got the lights, then the, the national anthems, the lights are up, and it's just special, you know. And and that being the first game of that, that, yeah, the cycle of this qualification cycle, and that being my first qualification match, I was like, dang, this is, like, this is yeah. legit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so it was crazy. Out of, out of all these, do you have any like CONCACAF stories? And it doesn't have to be from this cycle necessarily because you were in the, the previous cycle as well. But any 
war stories or anything that really stuck or resonated with you or that was like, yeah, I remember that vividly. I can tell you, you know, it was, yeah, it was that moment I knew I was in it. Yeah, I mean, I think it kind of just goes back to when I had my first start in World Cup qualifiers, which was against Mexico in Azteca. We end up getting a draw away and I kind of get thrown out there and I'm like, okay, <laughs> man, like this is this is a huge game, high stakes against a, a great Mexico side. I mean, the game was fast paced. I mean, I lined up side Michael Bradley and he ended up scoring from, I don't know, 60 yards. I was, field, up in, I, was up in, I was up in the stands going crazy yeah. at that moment. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, it was crazy. It was crazy. I mean, we ended up drawing 1-1, but I mean, it was a game where I was, it was just a moment of just like, wow, like I'm in it. I'm going to think of it. This is, this is qualifier. This is what it's about. This is this rivalry. Like I felt it. I mean, I had the green lasers on me. Um, I, I mean, I could, you know, taste the air, feel the altitude. My, my lungs are on fire. I think I ended up, I mean, that game, a lot of people don't know, like I puked at halftime and I puked after the game. I don't know if it was just nerves. My stomach was hurting. I was tired. I, I don't even know what it was, but it just, it just came out. But I was like, whatever, whatever. Like I'm the only way I can come out of this game is I, I literally can't walk. Like I, I didn't care, but that, that moment, that game was just like set the tone and it made me realize like, this is what a national game is all about. That feeling of just, um, just exhaustion aggression um you know eagerness to to represent your country well a feeling of um it was a proud moment for for myself because i'm not only representing the name on the back but the badge on the front and i really and i really felt that playing in that mexico game that's a crazy crazy memory um did you have you sensed any like hostility in anywhere that you've gone you know i remember back to like my first i think my first qualifier away qualifier was in guatemala and I remember getting hit with like a lighter and coins and stuff. And I remember the game ending and everybody just being like coming up to me, being like, go in the locker room. And I just started running. We all just ran into the locker room. Um, <laughs> like, was there anything, you know, Eddie Pope told us about being like mace sprayed on, on coming, coming out of like the locker room. Was there anything that you felt where you just, you know, obviously Azteca will do it anywhere, but where you just felt like, oh man, this is like, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit, a little bit in fight or flight mode. Uh, not necessarily. I think it's kind of chilled out a little bit compared to, you know, when you were in the fold, for sure. I mean, the only game that I, I, I really recall of, of stuff being thrown is obviously the Nations League game um, in Denver. And then when we uh, played in Honduras, when we won that game, we had, uh, you know, the riot shields out. Fans, I don't even necessarily think they're aiming for us. I think they're aiming for their own Mom. players. Yeah. <laughs> it was us. I don't know who. I, I, I don't know regardless, who. I don't know who it was, but it was like one of those things where, like, all right, let's let's get into the locker room. Like, it's 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 a little bit safer. We just you know made our way uh, towards the tunnel. I also remember we when we were on the bus, even trying to get into the stadium, and how packed it was, and the bus was moving like inch by inch. You know, right. at least yeah. walking next to the bus, and I'm like, dang, they could really just. Yeah, run these police over at any moment. Yeah, right? and another one was Canada away, surprisingly. I mean, there when we arrived to uh uh forget where we were at in Canada, the, but then it was uh it was um I forget what city it was, but they were I mean uh, they were throwing stuff at the bus, they had the flares, they were rocking the bus. I mean, I was like I was like, cool. I I, I like this. This is this is passion. I mean, obviously uh, you know, you're on the other side of things for sure, but it was like, this is, I mean, I, I, I kind of enjoy when fans are super passionate 
about their team. Obviously not too passionate, but you know, they, they want to, you know, put some type of intimidation on the opposing team. So I thought that was a kind of a cool experience. And it just shows that, you know, soccer in the States is definitely growing and people really care. People want to see their team succeed. So I thought that was, that was positive on that note. Did you, uh, you know, going into the final games of World Cup qualifying or actually at any point, did you, did you at all feel like the pressures of the failures of 2018? Like, did it, did it ever come to you of like having to carry that burden, especially going into the end where it was a little bit tense, right? Going into the final qualifying window where very much in control of your destiny, but you still got to go and get results. Did, did, did it come into your mind as one of the few players who was involved in, in the cycle before? No, because I, I felt like this cycle was kind of a breath of fresh air. It was kind of a new opportunity, a clean slate. And obviously, I kind of just, as best as I could put, you know, 2018 or 2017, whatever the year it was, kind of just behind me and move forward because, you know, I can't really dwell on the past because the past is what the past is. You can't, you can't really change it. But right now, it's just looking at, you know, each game. And like I said before, I mean, each game was tough and brought its own challenges and, and obstacles and obviously came down to the wire the last three games. But I had the utmost confidence in, in myself and my teammates that we were going to be able to get the job done. And, um, I mean, we've, we had some positive results, obviously some highs and some lows. But uh, I think over the course of the, the seven months, we, we grew as a team. And uh, we've shown that, you no, know, we, we can adapt and, and conquer, really. I think also having a group of guys who are probably going through the the qualification process with little experience, you know, also kind of right. helps keep that, you know, focus on forward, right? You know, nobody right. could really touch on what happened in the past cycle, you know, personally, except a few guys, you know, including yourself. But I think you can lean on those experiences, but with the with a fresh mentality, you know, with the, a fresher breath of air, because you got a whole bunch of guys now really stepping onto the field for the first time, learning what it's like to battle through each game, you know, and, and ultimately get to the end of it and say, dang, yeah, we finally qualified, you know, and now we got, you know, a job to do coming up. So, yeah, I think that the process only made us, you know, grow stronger. And uh, For sure. The, I think just know, the, the, the summer the helped. The summer helped a lot because I think a lot of guys got a real taste of what CONCACAF is like. Sorry, what it is like um, playing in that Mexico final. Or both Mexico finals, whether it be Nation League and Gold Cup, um, you know, the games leading up to that, you know, the first part of qualifiers of having a real wake up call, drawing in El Salvador, having a, a tough match in Honduras, losing in Panama. I mean, each game, you know, was different, but at the same time, we were able to, to learn and to grow and we realized what it meant and what, you know, each opportunity on the field meant and what, you know, every chance that we get that you got to make the most of it because, you know, you can literally turn a game into a dogfight if you don't, you know, execute properly. And so, I mean, I think, like you said, having those experiences helped us grow. In each game, you know, we knew what it was like. We knew what to expect. I think that was huge and pivotal for us as we moved forward into the, you know, qualifying rounds that, you know, we, like the last round was what's what shaped us for this upcoming round. And that kind of helped us, you know, realize what it's going to take to, to prevail. It's kind of crazy thinking about this World Cup qualifying campaign because, again, you go back to Nations League, right? And even before that, we were like, okay, friendlies in the middle of a pandemic. And at least from where I'm at, from like doing um, my analyst stuff, like our biggest thing was like, could this group come together 
uh, and be a, a family one, like in the way that generations have passed that we felt maybe a little bit of 2018 was missing a little bit of that camaraderie. But two, like they don't have any experience. So how can we get this experience? And now by the time we are like halfway through World Cup qualifying, not only did the team now go through Nations League and then a different team with Gold Cup and getting really valuable experience and then going into World Cup qualifying, we started to get spoiled as like a fan base where we were like, okay, now they've got some experience. We don't want them to just qualify. Because before it was like, hey, it doesn't matter. We failed in 2018, just qualify any, any means necessary. And then halfway through, we find ourselves all going like, yeah, but we want them to qualify and we want them to play nice away from home in Honduras for 90 minutes, like dominate. Yeah. I mean, it, there has to have been a recognition and within the team of, uh, of just experience gained, uh, all that crucial experience and how valuable all that was for everybody getting a taste of, okay, you got Mexico. Yeah, it's in Denver, but it's in a game of consequence. You got Honduras before that. And you had the Gold Cup where you had to you know, take it to the end to win. And then now into qualifying, each one of those games, can you talk a little bit of just how valuable that is in the grand scheme of like experience within CONCACAF specifically? Yeah, it's definitely huge. I mean, each opportunity for us was an opportunity to, you know, especially in the summer. Obviously, it's a, lo- a little bit different when you're playing for silverware, right? You, you, that, that each game means something because once you lose, you're out. I mean, qualifiers are different in a sense where you have games to make up for it. Um, but like, you know, just having those experience in those high stakes games has, you know, it, it makes us pay attention to little details and makes us, you know, be really, uh, precise and focused and, and, uh, and realize that this is what it's like. Like, just like when I first experienced playing against Mexico in Azteca, when you really get that taste of, of experience, a little bit of everything and how CONCACAF is like from stuff thrown at you to, you know, going down early and being able to still put in performance and, and score a goal and to win the game to you know, have it, not having calls go your right way and be able to adapt. Um, and just, just the camaraderie of the team. I feel like not only that we care about each other off the field, but on the field. Like it, we're all brothers, like a brotherhood, um, like Greg likes to say. Like if, if a guy is you know, getting fouled hard, we're, we're, you know, we're there backing up our teammates. And you know, having that camaraderie because knowing that I have a brother alongside me that's going to fight for me no matter what. And I'm going to do the same and help us grow as a team. And just, you know, every game, just like you said, to gain valuable experience and being able to, to adapt on the fly and be ready for whatever's thrown at us. And, and each game, you know, having that experience to help us grow was huge. I think I don't even know how many players played out through qualifiers, but it was like, I don't know, 30 players, 40 players, that different players that were, that contributed you know, differently. And everyone played a pivotal role into our success. So I think everyone got a taste and knew what it was like. And I think more so everyone's just eager to get on the field. And I felt like everyone was deserving and everyone was ready despite the whatever circumstance, whether it was injury, whether it's suspension, performance base, no matter who was on the field, everyone was comfortable with whoever to get the job done. And I think that was that was positive for Greg and the coaching staff because they knew whatever lineup that we were ever going to put out that we were able to you know, get a positive result. So I thought that was, that was huge. And I think everyone kind of felt that and more so everyone just waiting on their opportunity because everyone was just so eager and competitive. So um, that kind of drove us to, to get to where we are today. I think that's only going to even that, that, that competitiveness, you know, and that hunger by each guy is only going to make Greg's decision harder at the end of this year. Right. You know, we look at it, you can only call on X amount of players, but you know right. that you've played almost 40 players. You know, I don't, again, I don't know the exact number either, but you know what yes. you're going to get from guys. You know, you know when you need to call this guy's name up, 
he's going to step He'll up. Be ready. You know, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, injuries are going to happen. Suspensions, all this other stuff is going to happen. So making sure that, yeah, when your jersey is, is, is put up, you know, your number is, is, is ready to be called, it's time to go. Yeah, yeah no, Mark, most definitely. I guess I'm curious to know, even from you, Mark, if, you know, we go back to Nations League, right? We, we've talked about it a lot on the show, probably to the point you don't want to talk about of, of make a mistake at the very beginning to be able to come back from that. I mean, how big of a moment was that knowing? Because that to me was like a sign of, of this brotherhood of, of like, wow, these guys are going to fight for each other going down. That's tough against Mexico, right? They had, that, they had a, a, a goal called back a few minutes later. It could have gone a very different direction in that game to then fight back, scrap, win. That was like the first time I remember seeing this team of being like, oh, this team's down to win ugly. They're down to like do whatever it takes. And I thought there was a lot of great moments of the way the team played. But also, it's sort of representative of qualifying in CONCACAF that sometimes it's going to be just a dogfight. I mean, how much did that mean to you, Mark, of, of, of having that team around you as like a learning moment for you personally, but uh, uh, for the team as well? No, it was huge, man. I remember when the moment happened, you know, I kind of took a second. I was like, oh my gosh, what's happening? But I just remember hearing guys, yo, let's go, next one, next one, on to the next, let's go. You know, and I think that's huge, you know, as as a player, you know, but but as a... as a guy within a brotherhood, you know, we always talk about that brotherhood, but that's that's the key to it, you know. When when things aren't going one guy's way, you know, how are you there to to help him and, and keep him on, you know, on the same page as the rest of the group? You know, you don't want to, you know, make him feel like an outcast, right? You don't want to say, oh, well, we lost because you know it's your fault. You know what I'm saying? That's only going to make things worse down the line. So you know, having the guys there to kind of pick you up in that moment. It's my first experience against playing against Mexico, right? You know, in Nations League and a final in a big game. Yeah, I think these are these are probably my first like competitive matches with the national team too. So again, when you're surrounded by a group of guys who are yeah down to ride, you know, and and, and know they got to roll up their sleeves, you know, but they're gonna keep you with them no matter what, you know, and they're gonna make sure that that you're pulling your weight, but also they're gonna help you, you know, when you when you need to be helped up because that's gonna happen, you know, it's a it's, it's a grind. Well, listen, Kellen, you know, a little bit on your, your I guess your your the off season there was a lot of rumors. Uh, for you to to make a move abroad, linked with a number of clubs, sort of how did that break down? And sort of where do you see sort of, I mean, not to think outside of where you are with LAFC right now, but obviously Mark was linked to Celtic, ended up going to Belgium. I mean, where are you at within your career, your goals, kind of what's next for you on on the club front? Yeah, I mean, I mean, like my focus is 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 here with LAFC, but I mean, like I expressed uh, numerous times for me. A childhood dream of mine has always been I want to play in the World Cup and I want to play in Europe. And that still hasn't changed. Um, obviously, everyone has their own journey and different steps. And my next step in my career was being here at LAFC. And, you know, I'm, you know, embracing this new challenge and trying to make my mark and, and um, you know, keep growing as a player. And, and hopefully, you know, you know, I put in some solid performances that gets me noticed to, to, to go over to Europe. Um, so, you know, things fell through, um, you know, previously. But, uh you know, everything happens for a reason. For me, um, as a player, like obviously it's tough and disappointing because, you know, you realize you're so close to achieving your dream and, you know, sometimes it, it doesn't work like that. I mean, but for me, I mean, I am, you know, each opportunity for me is an opportunity to, to go out there and keep, you know, chugging along. Um, I think as a kid, you know, you always dream of, of being where you are right now. And sometimes just reflecting and, you know, taking it all in where I'm like, wow, this is something that I've always dreamed of doing and I'm experiencing that. So just being taken aback in, in that in that front is, is huge. And 
know, I accomplished a lot of things and I mean, playing in Europe is something I also want to accomplish, but, uh, you know, I know I can't get there without being present here. So right now I'm just trying to make the most of, you know, each opportunity that, you know, I get to wear the, the black and gold and, uh, and obviously the colors with the national team and, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, have some suitors in the future. And, uh, we'll see, see how it goes then. This guy's so grounded, man. You see? That's <laughs> man. so grounded, bro. No, but you, you make a valid point, though, you know? Appreciating that. Appreciating you know, being present, you know, appreciating where you're at. You know, I think sometimes as athletes, we can get ahead of ourselves and start thinking Definitely. too far in advance, you know? You want to plan out and map out your career. Like, all right, well, I'm, you know, at 24, I'm going to do this. And then when I'm right. at this point, you know, I'm going to make this move. You know, sometimes it don't pan out like that, you know? And I think right. being okay and, and content in that peace with where you're at and knowing that you still can have goals. You can still have aspirations, you know, but you can also be content and you can be at peace with, with your situation and, and know that in your time, things will line up, you know? So, right. so I mean, yeah, you can only control what you can control, which is, you know, your attitude of, of how you approach things and obviously, you know, how hard you work. I mean, I think work ethic, you know, is huge. And um, I think the biggest downfall of, of, of a lot of athletes is, comparing themselves to others you see others you know having huge success at big clubs you're like i want that i should be having that i'm deserving of that and i think that that's huge i think everyone has their own journey right you went from the academy to, to philly to now in belgium you know some guys went the college route some guys went straight to europe i mean everyone you know embarks on their own journey but um your your journey is specific to you and no one else's and so i think sometimes you just have to you know, comes to that realization because I mean, it's, it's so easy to be, like I said, to, to really compare yourself. Like why me, you know, why them and all these questions can surround you and it kind of clouds everything. I think it's for you to be clear minded is just focus on the stuff that you can control. Like I mentioned before, just you no know, attitude, work ethic. Was it, was it hard for you? You know, cause I got traded twice when I was in MLS. I was also linked constantly like like both of you are it's hard to stay grounded right because i would think like if i got if i was when i was playing in in, in bundesliga when i got benched i think about like what this meant four years yeah. from now i'd be like oh this isn't gonna happen which means that gonna happen i'm not gonna get called in the national team i'd be like bro it's just one game and i get caught yeah. up in that and then you add the transfer rumors some of them legitimate some of them rumors being uh you know kind of the world of changing changing clubs from from dallas to to, to colorado to, to la I mean, is it is it hard at times to let go of that control you want to have? Yeah, in a way. Like I said, I mean, you have this sense of disappointment because you're like you're this close to achieving something that you've always dreamt of doing, and you know, having that kind of taken away from you at first. I mean, you you have all this uh, uh, negativity and these negative thoughts around you. You know, being disappointed, being angry, being frustrated. You know, asking questions, why me? Kind of a you know. A victim mentality, like I like to say, yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things where it, you can get caught up in it. It's it's very tough, and especially just getting traded. And the whole being traded is is obviously tough because you know in the MLS you you don't get to decide where you go. Not like you get to, hey, I want to go to so and so because you know my family's there. I, I like the team, I like the colors, whatever, whatever. It's just like you you get you get a phone call and you're on the next flight out <laughs> and. And, um, you know, that's difficult, but I think for me, you know, I've, I've been playing for, for years now. So 
I like to say like I gained some wisdom over the years that, like I said, you, you can only control what you can control. I mean, this for me being traded, I mean, obviously it was difficult to move and, and, um, you know, change teams and adapting to all that, but you got to make the most of your opportunity because if you keep dwelling on the past and the what ifs, then you're not going to be present for the moment now and you won't be able to perform at the highest level. You won't be able to achieve the things you want to achieve. If I'm still dwelling on why I left Dallas to go to Colorado to come here to LAFC, then, you know, maybe I might not be in the national team fold. Maybe I won't be even talking about potentially playing in a World Cup or even thinking, you know, I have a chance of playing in Europe. So, for me, I mean, each opportunity for me is, is, is a new journey, a new step in my journey, a new pathway, and just got to make the most of it despite where I'm at. This guy's full of wisdom, Mark. I don't know if I, <laughs> really, I don't know even know if I want to believe it. It's so good, you know, like this. Because oh, it's Mark, the kind no, of advice. Mark under my wing. I, I, it's the kind of advice uh, I would have, you know, <laughs> it's the kind of advice I would have loved to have been able to embrace. But like you're caught up in like, again, what everybody else is doing, the career path that you you set the goals you've set and sometimes you can control them. Sometimes you can't. And, and being able to have that perspective. Yeah. I mean, there were times that I drove myself crazy thinking about like, how did I end up here? How did I end up? Like I ended up back in MLS because a deal fell through at Bursa Spore in Turkey on the last day of the transfer window. And then you stop and start to think about like, how would that have been different and blah, blah, blah. Like I've learned to make peace with it now, but having that perspective in real time is, is a, is a, is a massive challenge. Do either of you guys like meditate or do anything that kind of and i don't mean like you know crazy meditation that can mean a lot of things but like things that help you to sort of reset or be present or things that you do to to sort of stay engaged in the now for for, for me is my relationship with god and and let you know god take control and you know i give all the glory to him you know despite whatever challenges this is for me i mean it's it's god's plan sometimes it's difficult to really understand that because you're like (laughs) Like, if it, like, this is what I want. And sometimes you can't, you know, lean on your own understandings, right? And also just for me, what's really helped me through the years is having a strong foundation and support system. Um, the people around me have really guided me in the right direction and have really helped me, you know, have a clear mind, focus on the little details. And, uh, you know, despite whatever happens that... You can only control what you can control, really. And that's kind of just the mentality that I kind of have with everything. That, you know, things happen, you know, like in the game. Like, you know, we, we, we go down 1-0 to Mexico. Things happen. Instead of putting our heads down, we put our heads heads up and our chest out. You know, like, it is what it is. It happened. But what are we going to do about it? You know, we are going to, you know, put our best foot forward and work and grind, roll up our sleeves and figure out a way to, to make things happen. And I kind of just have that mentality with, everything in my life things never go the way that we want it to do so you got to just you know figure out a way to make the most of any given situation yeah i mean i i I second that you know what you're saying because yeah first you know my faith my relationship with with god is has been a priority but i also so he is your mentor just say yes then mark he is your man he did take you under his wing you know he's guiding you (laughs) you (laughs) don't give him too much don't give him too much don't gas him up don't gas him up uh no nah, yeah i think you know having a strong support team and system around you that can that can keep you level-headed because you know when you're feeling good you can sometimes get you know high on yourself and you're like dang you know i'm the man but you know having them there to kind of knock you down remember you know remember also the the, the times where you were you know you were crying because because you got hurt or you know the times where you didn't get selected for this you know you need to make sure you stay you know balanced in this whole scheme because uh, it's, it's it's a long journey and there's going to be a lot of ups and downs to it. 
And then something that's real specific is I try to now disconnect from kind of the world in a way, you know, of I log off of social media, you know, I'm, I'm kind of focused more on prioritizing, you know, other things that are going to benefit me, you know, and, and kind of nourish my mind, refresh my mind mm -hmm. in a way where it's not always plugged into football, not always plugged into what's going on around me, because I think we can get bogged down with all that. Oh, so much information. We live in a media age now where. Yeah, everything, you know, you, you got access to everything, you know, you got stuff <laughs> popping up on your phone nonstop, you know, notifications, this, that, and the other. So having a chance to kind of breathe a bit and, and kind of be be in your own space, be in your own zone. See, Kellen, now you know why Mark didn't didn't come to our original recording yesterday because he was he was taking, <laughs> he was taking a break from social media. He was disconnected. Yeah. You can't do anything about like this. <laughs> he disconnected. And like at that point, what can we do? Right? I mean, I feel like it's a common theme for him. I mean, sometimes you I call, I call Mark, I text Mark and, you know, sometimes, you know, messages go green, mm -hmm. no response. I'm mm -hmm. like, man. Yep. But I guess he was just disconnected. Disconnected. I yeah. He, I didn't know he was disconnected for years, though. That's crazy. Yeah. This, hey, I don't <laughs> see this. He must, have, he must have. Yeah. You must have really adapted that principle at a young age, Mark. You know, but by the way, what a great, what a great excuse. If I, I'm, I'm going to start just putting that out there being like. Hey, I'm sorry. I'm disconnected. If I don't get back to you, I'm disconnected. Yeah, Listen, I'm yeah. just saying. I'm, look, I'm not. I'm not putting y'all on, but I'm kind of putting y'all on. You know, a little something. <laughs> <laughs> Kellen, can uh, can you kind of elaborate? You know, on why we call you Mr. GQ. You know, because I think we all we all see it. You know, we all see the drip. We see the we see the the, the go yard. You know, we see the yeah, the fashion. Mm -hmm. But I think. That, that the people really want to know, like what what is it about Kellen that makes Kellen Mr. GQ? That's that's a good question. I guess your your guess is as good as mine. For me, I, I've always been into fashion. Um, I like to be put together. I mean, normally it's usually with the shoes. The people pay attention to the shoes and what's on my feet, clean feet. And yeah, I mean, I I like uh, you know accessories and, and, and clothing. So I think people have really, you know, paid attention to, you know, what I have on and what I have around me. I mean, I think we're, we're in that age where, I mean, in this generation, it's, you know, everything is, is digital and it's a social media era. So people are really seeing what people are posting, uh, what are people putting out there, what people are wearing. I mean, it's, it's cool. It's like kind of that competitive nature off the field. You know, you want to be the you know best dressed guy. And, and I think fashion is a, is a way to express yourself without even saying anything. And so for me, that's just how I express myself. And, you know, we're, we're competitive in that nature without even thinking about it. You know, I, I seen, I seen what you've been putting out lately. You're, you're hey. even really yes. stepping up your game. I think Belgium has been treating you right, but I mean, not even just Belgium. I feel like you've been in Paris with it lately. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's uh, probably why uh, the messages were green. I think you're mm -hmm. probably traveling or something, but uh, no, I mean, it, it's uh, cool. It's something fun. It's like a, like a little hobby to, to, to be invested in, in really care about you know uh, how you your dress and how you present yourself so i think that's something that i've always paid attention to and i just enjoy doing really so uh, are you a, are you like a, a rolex guy or do you do you, uh you stay to, he? To, to that or do you go do you go a few <laughs> steps above if you found yourself wandering off on a few wild purchases or i mean where are you where are you at in the collection uh, also by the way <laughs> rolex were never really like they were considered investments because they could, uh, you know, you wouldn't lose, like you wouldn't lose the house on right. selling them again. But, you know, you're going to take a little hit usually just in the transactional world. But now they're looking like proper. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Crazy, crazy. Yeah, I mean, I have a decent collection um, uh, just over the years. Um, so humble, so humble. Yeah, I got, I mean, from Rolex to Hugh Blows, mm. Cartier. Mm. Um, yeah, I got, I got a few, few in, in the vault that I, I, I put on. So I, you got I enjoy the, it. you got the Ballon Blue, Cartier, Roadster. No, nah, the Do, the Dos Santos. Okay, Dos Santos. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's a nice one. Nice. It's good to reward yourself, man. It's good to, to yeah, keep yourself. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's an expensive hobby to be fair. So I try to stay away from it, but it, it's hard sometimes. It's mm-hmm. very keep- hard. Pulling you back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, like you said, it's a collector's item. I mean, it's something that holds its value, um, if not gain value. So at the at the same time, it's like you said, it's almost like having an investment. I like that. I like that. Well, Fair we won't enough, get into man. too much. Again, personal safety. We don't want to say what you got. Yeah. 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 Hey. <laughs> Especially in LA right now, people are snatching watches. So I'm not going to, we're not going to talk yeah, about everything. The other ones yeah, we got, you know, broad daylight. It's crazy. Apple, yeah, man, it's Apple good. watch. That's all you need to be Apple wearing watch. around. Uh, Cassio, hey, man. Cassio, yeah, Cassio, Cassio. There it is. Yeah. Man. You see the ice. <laughs> you see the ice, baby. Stop playing with me. Mark, should we get him? Should we get him into some uh, rapid fire? Yeah, man. Not gonna, we don't want to keep you too much longer. So uh, quick rapid fire questions, you know, off the top of the head, nothing too deep. What was the first kit that you owned? Uh, Real Madrid, Rubinho. Your favorite U.S. men's national team player of all time? Deuce. What was the last pair of kicks you caught? The the black uh, Nike Pata Air Max. What was the last movie you watched? Spider-Man. The latest one? The, the latest one. The, you talking about in uh, theaters or just in general? I guess the last one, last movie I watched is Molly's Game on the plane a few okay, days ago. Okay. All right, fair enough. Your favorite restaurant to go to while you're on the road? On the road? Or could be one in LA. Or could be one in LA that you... I ignore us here in LA, but on the road, it's got to be like a Chick-fil-A or Chipotle. Amen to that. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hold on. Let's make sure this... Let's make sure my guy's not throwing out sponsored ads in here right now. Because you like... Oh, yeah. (laughs) Was someone paying you to say that right now, Kellen? Nah, I love Chipotle and Chick-fil-A. Okay, that's fair. Easy to do. Everyone's satisfied. I mean... Yeah. Hey, man. That's the spirit, man. I'm trying to get yeah. I'm trying to get a franchise out here, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, matter of fact, Ew. we're gonna have to cut that out. I'm not trying to give these Europeans too much, you know, information on my my mood. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody see Mark? Yep. He's where he always is at the Chick fil A. Right down the street. Are you putting pineapple on pizza? Not to say you eating. Are it. you eating? Are you eating pineapple? Yeah, if on it's pizza there, yeah, but I'm not ordering it, no. All right, all right, see. And then lastly, we got uh, a Spotify playlist. All the guests throwing on a track. What track you throwing on here? And it could be anything. Dang. That was the hardest question on them all. Pre-game, cruising down, you know, on the plane. Uh, Pre-game? Uh, on the bus. Probably Outer Space, um, Don Tolliver. Mm-hmm. Cause you can, you can, it could be a chill vibe in the car, cruising, and then you can also yep. hype some people up. So you, you get the best of both worlds. See? Two birds, one stone, baby. Yes, sir. Don Tarver, baby Keem. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks a lot, man. I appreciate you obviously jumping on with us. We know that life is busy for you at the moment, but, uh, you know, appreciate you taking time out of your day and and hanging with us for a bit and telling us a bit of your story, your life, and and, uh, also guiding Mark, you know, guiding Mark on his journey. Appreciate that. I'm trying my best. Sometimes he he kind of uh, goes astray, but you know sometimes you know got to just pull him in. So I'm, I'm happy to you know keep him under my wing and uh, you know keep Junior uh, nice and safe. <laughs> <laughs> like you see, I know he he's just loving this. 
<laughs> no, Kev, appreciate you. Appreciate you, bro. Thanks for, yeah, thanks nah, for joining thanks us. Thanks for having man. me, guys. No, thank you, guys. Yo, so that is it, Mark. That's our episode. Good to have you, obviously. You know, I don't know how many calendars we got to put your timing into, or maybe you can just let us know <laughs> when you're disconnected, you know, off the grid or whatever it is that you're calling it. That was a fun episode, man. And appreciate you taking time out of your very busy day with the playoffs right now going on with you to have this conversation. No, man, it's always great to catch up with, you know, yourself and, and our guests. Also, I will say again, I did put you guys on to something new. So if you do ever need an excuse, I wouldn't use it all the time, but just disconnect a little bit, you know? Yeah. Would I, should I, like, would I, do I post that I'm disconnecting or do I just go, sorry, I'm, I was disconnected for a bit? Oh. No, 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 no. You don't tell yeah. people you disconnect. You just do it. You just do it. Cause then it's authentic. Then it's like, I needed to disconnect. You just got to go. I guess no one can say anything back if you're just like, you don't even have to say sorry. No. Right. You're doing you it just, for you. Yeah, you're I was doing disconnected. You, yeah. If I can't be I happy, I can't, I can't. I can't make anybody. I, I can't be my best self for everybody else. But <laughs> what do you expect from me if I'm if I'm all stressed out and and, mm-hmm. and ugh, I'm going gray hair and this? No, I needed to disconnect. Wise beyond his years. I like that. But listen, everybody, that's the end of our episode. We appreciate all of you, and of course, you can follow us on social media at Slice of Soccer. And if you haven't already, leave us a review, give us five stars wherever you get your podcasts from, and of course, big shout out to our production crew. Matt Flores, he's looking at us right now, making sure that we give him a shout out. Uh, Chris Brunello as well. And uh, all of you for taking the time out of your day to, to continue to go on this journey with Mark and I and everybody else that's uh, that's part of this. We appreciate all of you. And until next time, see you later. Peace. Peace.